Welcome to A Kingdom Perspective. I am Scott Manette, and a uh, little background on me, I'm the, I'm the youth minister uh, at a church in Decatur, Illinois. Um, I'm originally from Michigan, from near De- the Detroit area, and I've been in ministry for about 16 years, going on 17, um, youth minis- doing youth ministry the entire time. Before that, I grew up in a, a Christian home. My dad was an elder of the church. Uh, and so uh, I've, I, have, I have a certain perspective of my own, uh, coming, from, uh, coming from a Christian family uh, with, with uh, siblings and, and parents who, uh, who are, are still married today, growing up in the church uh, with, a, with a church background and being involved in youth ministry and all sorts of things, and then going to a Christian school to train to be in ministry. I recognize that I come from a certain perspective um, myself. My, my partner in crime here. <laughs> yeah, my name is uh, Steve Higgs, and I'm uh, uh, one of the ministers here at Northwest Christian Church. And I, you know, I think this idea of a, a kingdom perspective and the idea of perspective specifically is really uh, interesting to me because I think the way you apply kingdom truths is greatly impacted by your perspective in life. And so I grew up just like Scott did. I grew up in Michigan. Uh, I grew up in kind of a lower a middle-class factory. My dad was a factory worker. Uh, I watched him go to work uh, every day at a job that I know he didn't like, uh, and he went every day to to feed his um, uh, to feed his family. And uh, we grew up in a real little church uh, that later on uh, ended up kind of imploding and um, ended up being kind of dysfunctional. Uh, my uh, mom passed away uh, my senior year of high school, and that that plays into my story. And I, I think uh, this is partly the generation that I'm a part of. But I find I find polish very off-putting. But I also think that's a big part of my perspective. Is I really like uh, in my preaching and in my leadership uh, to bring real truths to real people. Uh, that that kind of growing up lower middle class. Having um, a, a death in our family um, when, when I was very young, uh, kind of growing up in this church that imploded, I know uh, I know that there's a lot of hurting people out there, and I just want to bring real truth to real people. That's kind of my perspective. I I am not very polished. I know I'm not. Uh, I don't want to be. Uh, I'm. I find it off-putting. Um, I'm a churchman. That uh, because of my experience growing up, I really have dedicated my life to helping church be a, a healthy, good place. I'm, I'm very, very um, passionate about that. Um, and I'm, a, I'm a, a dad that we uh, waited uh, for our son for a real long time. We ended up um, adopting him six years ago. And I know that that's one of the first things I think of when, I, when I'm talking to people is about being a dad and being a parent and how important that is. And then both of us were, were uh, at churches, and we're pastors and ministers. And I think our perspective is greatly shaped by the people that we've been called to love. And so one of the examples that Scott, you and I have talked about before is, I mean, you can have a view um, like homosexuality is a sin, for instance. You know, you, you can have that view, but then you know and love and work with families that have had to work that issue out in their lives and in their families. And it doesn't change your belief, but I would hope, hopefully it changes your tone. Right. I would hope that it changes your tone. And so we're, we've been greatly shaped by that. 
We've walked people through um, death and divorce and all sorts of things. And I don't think it's changed either one of our beliefs on any certain subject, but it has changed our tone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm also a dad. Um, you know, I have, I have two boys, uh, one right on the verge of being a teenager, which is something that's my perspectives are, are, are constantly changing uh, based on things my kids are going through, things that our family's going through. Um, and I think that's important. I think it's important. I think it's important for, for, for people in general and for Christians in particular to be open to changing perspectives when, when the situation warrants. And like you said, not changing core beliefs, not compromising core beliefs, but changing a perspective without compromising your core beliefs is, I think, sorely needed in, in society today. You see very little of it. Right. You, you do. Right. I mean, we're very rigid as, as a culture right now. We are. We just get entrenched into positions and into perspectives. And and a lot of times we, we refuse to be open from, to someone else's point of view. We're not even listening. We're just, we're just waiting for our next opportunity to speak. Um, and, and hopefully this podcast can cut through some of that noise um, and not just add to it. That's our goal is not to add to the noise. There's there's plenty of of perspectives out there. I mean, between uh, the news media and the internet and and Hollywood and entertain the entertainment industry and social media like Twitter and Facebook and things. There's there's no shortage of perspectives that are out there. Everyone has a perspective. But I know that you and I believe as as pastors of the church and as ministers of the gospel. You and I believe that there's a larger perspective. That when it comes to Christians, th- there's a larger perspective that our individual opinions have to submit to, and that's what we call a kingdom perspective. Talked on Sunday about having as your general bed bedrock grace, and then all of these other teachings are kind of built on top of that. And I think that's a pretty decent perspective to have. Is that you know as I'm kind of layering in these other truths, you have built into that it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to go to hell, or you don't have to live this way, or there is a different and better way, and that's mixing that kind of grace message uh, in, inside of a tough truth. Well, and that's what you know, the Gospel of John lays out, that that's, that's who Jesus was, that he was full of grace and truth, that he, you know, he was perfect in a lot of ways, but in this way in particular, he was the perfect balance of grace and truth. And as our example, we should strive for that. Yeah, this is what the truth is, but man— if this isn't your truth, you can be forgiven and you can receive the Holy Spirit and live a different life. It doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. And your I think, family doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. That part gets lost a lot, I think, in, in the way that truth is presented and the way that I think the way that Christians are painted. Um, fairly and unfairly, honestly, I think we've done a lot of it to ourselves. And then I think it, I think there's a caricature uh, of the Christian perspective that oversimplifies things and makes Christians out to be look kind of foolish, but it's not like that's anything new. You know, that's, that's been the case no. for, for a long, long time. Um, that, you know, and well, and, and we've kind of done it to ourselves. Well, true. But Paul, Paul, you know, the message of the cross is foolishness to, to people who aren't following Jesus. Yeah. Ironically, uh, Easter next year is on April 1st. You know, so there's been some <laughs> joking, you know, about, yeah. you know, April fool's day talking about that passage. Right. Cause I, I think that is, there's some powerful stuff in there. Right. So how would you, how would you go about just out of curiosity, like 
the, you know, we've talked a lot about perspective. What about the idea of kingdom? How would you define that for someone? It's important to understand that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than any other subject. That more, more than money, more than sin, more than anything, Jesus talked about the kingdom. Um, you know, when you when you ask, you know, what boil down boil down the message of the gospel down to just one nugget. For my answer would be that nugget is the kingdom of God is here. That that the message that Jesus came to deliver in a nutshell is that that the king the kingdom of God is here. It's arrived. You know, in, in Luke chapter four, uh, Jesus was out praying alone, like he did a, lo- a lot of times, and people were looking for him all over the place, and they found him, and they were trying to keep him from leaving. They're trying to keep him from moving on to a new place. And, and we all understand that. You know, if, if we had, you know, Jesus flesh and blood in front of us, we would have that same reaction, I think. We try to keep him from leaving. We want him to stay with us. And, and, and he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that's why I was sent. So for me, the kingdom part of this hits home because it's the mission. It, it is the thing. We, you know, if the cross is huge, obviously, it's it's wildly important to the Christian faith, to our our belief. But I would put the the message of the kingdom of God at a, at a higher level even than the cross of Christ when it ter- when it comes to the message that that we have to deliver. I I completely agree with 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 the way that you defined it and, and the way that you laid that out. I was really surprised to learn probably probably about five years ago how many in Christianity believe that the kingdom has not yet come. That when Christ returns, he will he will bring the kingdom. Right. And you know, I would I would phrase it as the kingdom is is here. It's not fully here. You know, that there's still sin, there's still hardship, there there's Wait, still You mean to tell me you don't believe that left behind is the gospel? I, I don't. And <laughs> But but that Kirk there was Cameron is offended at you right now. Th- there was there there was a, a number of of teachers that I've heard ar- articulate that that the king you know and I I just think Jesus was really clear on this that he came to bring the kingdom that he brought the kingdom when he was here the first time and the, the second coming of Christ is going to be that's a whole different storyline but but when Jesus came he came and invited people to follow him and to me that's the essence of what it means to be in the kingdom is that it's a person that has decided. I'm going to follow him. Uh, he he knows he knows what's best. He knows what um, we, we should do. And so he had these very countercultural teachings of love your enemies and servant leadership. You know the Gentiles lord it over. You know not so with you. Uh, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. You know he he taught this idea of being a servant. He taught grace. All of those things were very countercultural. And to be in the kingdom means that you're you're following him. Yeah, I love movies. Yeah, that, that I'm sure that will come out now and again as we're talking. A lot of a lot of my uh, illustrations and a lot of the way I've I've un- come to understand things uh, is through that perspective. It's through it's through a lens of seeing a story on a screen, and wh- I think one of the one of the ways that really helped me understand uh, the this idea of kingdom that's here but not fully here, not yet here, uh, is from the Back to the Future series. Um, in Back to the Future Part Two, uh, Doc Brown. Part uh, Two. Well, you know the hoverboard. It's coming. Uh, right, I'm, I'm right. still waiting for my hoverboard. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. <laughs> Any day. So, Doc Brown 
uh, pulls out a chalkboard, right? Because they they have traveled back and changed things in the past, and so when they go to the future, it's it's uh, it's different. Or when they go back to the present, I mean, it's it's a different reality. It's things are all things are totally different than what they remembered them being. And so he pulls this chalkboard out and he draws this line and he says, Imagine that this line represents time. Here's the present, 1985, the future, and the past. Prior to this point in time, somewhere in the past, the timeline skewed into this tangent, creating an alternate 1985. Alternate to you, me, and Einstein. For everyone else, the 1985 that we're experiencing right now that doesn't feel right at all is their reality. It's the only reality they've ever known because at a certain point in time, something changed. And the only way to get back on track is to go back to that point in time and change it back so that we can get back to the reality the way it's supposed to be. And that really unlocked this for me, that there can be two realities that exist at the same time, two parallel lines, like, like Doc Brown draws in Back to the Future, and both are true. But, you know, the kingdom of God is here, but the kingdom of, of the world, the kingdom of what, what, whatever else I guess you want to call it, is also here. And they're, they're in a, there is a tension, and both are happening. And there are moments when you can see the kingdom, of, like you mentioned, that, that people stepping up for people to help people out in in times of crisis. There are moments that you can see the kingdom of God breaking through, but it just doesn't, it's just not fully here yet. But those moments give you a glimpse of what our future, of what eternity looks like. When Paul said our struggle is not against flesh and blood, that, you know, he's indicating that there is a struggle that, you know, I, I think it's clear. I think what you said is exactly right, that, that the kingdom's here, not fully here. Yeah. And so I think that, I think that it's, I think that it's very important to continue to focus our perspective on the kingdom. On it, we can't, as Christians, we can't settle for the way things are. God has called us to a higher standard. Um, you know, one example that I can give of this that 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 just off the top of my head I can think of is um, is is in in the creation story. You know, man and woman were created side by side as equals, not not one over the other, uh, but they were they were created to be helpmates. That they were to help one another in the task that God has assigned them. Well, gender roles have taken on all all sorts of different controversial swings throughout history, but the reality, the the kingdom reality of the Bible is equality between the sexes. One, not one over the other, but equality. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that, that both men and women should all do, should both do the same things all the time because I, it's, there should be a balance. But the truth of the matter is that before sin entered the world, this is the way things were. Sin entered the world and, and there was a curse. There were consequences of sin entering the world. And some of those consequences led to some of the gender inequality that we've seen ever since. Well, that doesn't, just because that's the reality doesn't mean that, that Christians are called to perpetuate that. We're called to live a Genesis 2 life. We're called to live 
from a kingdom perspective before the fall. Not, not to embrace the effects of sin, but to, but to fight against the effects of sin, to struggle right. against the effects of sin. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And if you think about it, there's a kingdom perspective on everything. That that because of everything that Jesus taught and the way that he commanded us to live, I mean, Jesus gave a perspective on taxes. You know, Jesus gave a perspective on family and gender and marriage and all of that stuff. And so there's going to be a lot to talk about. Some of it will respond to news of the day. Uh, Some of it won't. Some of it will just be things that we're thinking about. The beginning of Colossians chapter 3, uh, that says, where it says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. In Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, think about such things. Don't get bogged down. In, in things that don't matter, set your minds and hearts on things that do matter. Right. That, that's, that's exactly right. That, that's that's going to change your, your perspective on almost everything. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Have a great day.